a coach should never say no rep ever, ever. That should be on this list and it's not. A coach should never say no rep. You're a coach, not a judge. Judges say no rep. Coaches help bring people through one of the tenets of functional movements, which is full range of motion. If you are not working through a full range of motion, you are not doing functional movements. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stop. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. Still the remote edition. I don't know when we're going to not be in the remote edition anymore, but we're still here. How are you doing? doing it? Yeah, we're, we're doing, doing what it. we can with what we got for where That's we are. Right. That's right. How are you doing today? And loving every minute of it. <laughs> I'm doing good. Yep. Good. Today we're going to do, um, I don't know if it's fair to call this a, a soapbox episode, but I'm going to call it a soapbox episode. <laughs> this is going to be um, the top 10 uh coaching, CrossFit coaching pet peeves that you have that you've kind of collected over the years. And so I've got a list here in front of me of 10, and we're just going to walk through them uh, and, and, and see what they mean. So the first one is overcoaching the warm-up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when you're at an affiliate, so first off, like um, I love the CrossFit community. I love visiting <laughs> other CrossFit affiliates. I love... Um, seeing the way that the different boxes operate, but there's some things that tick me off with, um, <laughs> when I go and take a class, I'm kind of, I'm yep. not, I, I, I feel like I, let's get on my soapbox and let me clear the air. And if this is just for me and, um, and I feel better about having get this on my chest, <laughs> like this is a win of an episode. So we'll start with that premise. Okay. Got um, a little disclaimer okay. there. A little disclaimer there. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> consult your physician before trying to start any <laughs> exercise. Yeah. Um, all right. So overcoached, um, um, overcoached workouts, I'm sorry, overcoached, uh, warmups. So yep. this is when coaches essentially like, okay, um, grab your PVC pipes, space your hands, uh, about double shoulder width. Watch me as I bring the dowel up over my head, keeping my <laughs> elbows locked out and continue to go until I reach my butt. Mm -hmm. If I make a pain phase during that, or I have to bend my elbow, you get the point, right? Yep. Like, dude, we're doing dowel passovers. We know how to do those. <laughs> Even if you've never been here before, grab the dowel, straighten your arms and go from hips to butt, hips to butt. Yep. And then if somebody's not doing it right, walk over to them and fix them. But like, we don't need this overcoached. And similar to that, we don't need like you to lecture us about every single thing about a quad stretch. Mm -hmm. I get, like we can just kind of like get the whole thing moving. We're not here to listen to you coach. We're here to work out. If you want to coach us, coach us when it's appropriate, but save it, dude. Like we don't need the micromanagement during this thing. Is it, have you found that it's more often that people are overcoaching warmups than undercoaching it? Um, no, because that's the other side of this thing is the mm. undercoach warm, which is people go, okay, um, the workout is Jackie, thousand meter row, 50 thrusters, 30 pull-ups. Um, we'll get started in three or four minutes. You guys go with that? Okay, great. <laughs> 
three, four minutes later. Okay, three, two, one. Go. It's like, what the hell? What are we yeah. doing here? Like, yeah. yeah. So there's an appropriate level to this, right? And the appropriate level is that your the athletes that's been coming to you for 10 years and the athletes that's taking their fifth class all feel like this is appropriate for them. Mm. That's that's the balance we got to play. You have to keep everyone engaged. And what you need to do is give it enough nuance that the older person is still um, excited to listen to you, but enough foundational that the um, the new person knows what's going on. Yep. Yep. Got it. Second one, uneven run routes. Okay. So this is, so what we do in CrossFit is constantly varied functional movements point of relatively high intensity. That's one of the, 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 those three kind of um, tenants are what make up CrossFit. Yep. Equally to me, what makes up CrossFit is we need to be doing measurable, observable, repeatable workouts. Mm-hmm. That matters. If your run route is just from the garage door to a mark on the street and back, you're not setting your affiliate up to, for success. Mm. Every single time a member comes in, they're going to have a different run route. If I'm the closest person to the door, my run route is going to be so much shorter than mm. the person that's farthest from the door. And if you do a workout like Helen and your gym is uh, 50 feet long, that's 50 feet out and back three uh, both times. That's 100 feet plus the three laps that you're doing that. That's 300 feet or 100 meters. You're adding on an extra 20 seconds into that workout. And mm-hmm. that's cooking. 20 seconds per 100 is cooking. Now, if an athlete PRs by 20 seconds, but they're in a different spot, they have no idea. It's not me- It's measurable, but it's not repeatable. You haven't repeated it. You need to make sure that every single person in the class, no matter where they are in the class, every single time they take a class is doing the same run route. And it's as simple as you measure that not from your garage door, but from the back spot of the gym, the Mm. last barbell, and you put a mark on the floor there. And then everyone has to run around that cone before they go out to run around the mark on the street. Could you imagine if the CrossFit Games, they did this, (laughs) right? It'd yeah. be like, people be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like if you're in lane one, you just dominate. Like yep. <laughs> you just crush the workouts. But they figured out that you have to make an even run route. And the fact that us as affiliate owners haven't figured this out now, and we are in year like 17 for some affiliates, it just kind of boggles my mind. Yeah. yeah. All right, next one. Cheerleading and no seeing and correcting. Yeah. So like when you, at least they're cheerleading. So at least yep. they're engaged, at least they're a part of this, but what, you know, it's like the coaches that go around and they, just, and they, they're yelling people's names and they're, but there's nothing of substance. And this isn't just CrossFit. This is like coaches do this at the highest level. NBA coaches do this mm. where they're on the sideline cheering. Like they're a fan, mm. like, come on, get him. Like what? Like I, I <laughs> dude, I know, I know I'm supposed to like, <laughs> like shoot it. Like what? Like, <laughs> Score more points. Don't let them score as many points. Yeah. Like, R- run faster. Can, yeah, exactly. Run faster. 
Like, um, that's not the job of the coach. The job of the coach is not to be the fan. The job of the coach is to coach. Mm-hmm. And the basic level of coaching is the X's and O's of our sport is seeing and correcting, improving human movement. So yeah, you're supposed to be making it engaging. Yes, you're supposed to make it inspiring, but what we're really there to do is improve human movement. And if we are only doing the former, we need to make sure that we first have the skill set to be able to recognize movement patterns and the, have the tools to be able to try to work with those things to improve them along the way. So um, I, I get why people cheerlead and I cheerlead and you want mm-hmm. to be cheerleading in our, in our, but it can't only be that. And if it's only that, that's when it kind of gets to me a little bit. It might be a, uh, an impossible question to answer, but if you had to put a percentage of between cheerleading and seeing correcting, there's obviously a lot in the middle of that. But like if during in 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 a class you want to be cheerleading 15 percent and and seeing correcting, you know, 75 percent or you know or, or yeah, 85%. No, yeah, I would um, I would actually it depends on um, on each individual. Yeah. So for a brand new member, it's going to be way more on the cheerleading side. For Katrin, I might go four or five <laughs> days before I cheerlead, before I say anything kind of a, a nice to her, you know? <laughs> That's just because the relationship we have yeah. um, because she's there to like fine tune the 1%. Yep. So it's all about seeing and correcting. So yep. it's really athlete dependent. Um, it actually can be workout dependent. So if you're doing a workout that is um, running and box jumps, mm-hmm. there's probably a lot more um, cheerleading than there is going to be coaching. If you're going to work out like Amanda, there's probably going to be a lot more coaching than there is cheerleading. Got it. Yep. Great point. Next one, lack of standards. So this goes kind of, this is a nice, nice dovetail to the, to the lack of seeing correcting, but, um, you know, I was doing a workout this past weekend and it involved air squats at an affiliate I was at. And, um, one of the athletes we were doing the class with was squatting to like not even close to parallel. And the coach is cheerleading them again and not mm-hmm. like um, similar as you see this in, there's some really common movements, air squats and pushups and sit-ups are the biggest ones for me yep. that I yep. just see it over and over and over again, that people are not hitting the end ranges of motion. Now, this goes back again to measurable, observable, repeatable data. And I learned this the hard way. When we first started off affiliate, I wasn't very stringent about this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden people are, um, um, we are getting better at it and um, we're doing workouts like Cindy and people, th- there's no validity to your scores because you don't know the end range. We have to, what we're trying to do is measure your workload, load, your workload, your horsepower is the distance you travel. Now, if you don't have point A to point B's, it's arbitrary. How do you know if you're improving? Because one day you might squat four inches above parallel. The next day you might squat one inch below parallel. That's a massive five-inch difference. Rinse, wash, repeat that over 300 reps. Mm. You have no shot of beating your previous times. Yeah. Similar to that is like push-ups. If you're doing a workout like Cindy, where you're going to do somewhere upwards of 100 to 200 push-ups, but one time you're just breaking 90 degrees, and the other time you're actually getting your chest to hit the ground and not your belly but your nipples – and you're completely locking out your elbows at the top of each time, you're not going to come nearly close to your score before. We need to create, again, constantly varied functional movements um, at relative intensity. Got that. We're all kind of good with that one. What we're not as good with is measurable, observable, repeatable data. If you aren't hitting your standards from workout to workout, it's not repeatable. 
it's also not measurable. So what we're doing is we're scoring some arbitrary thing of like that doesn't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. Where again, similar question to my previous one is where is the line between holding the standards and being a no repping everybody every three reps. I assume that there's, there's, I assume there's there's two way, you know, too far in one direction as well. A coach should never say no rep ever, ever. That should be on this list. And it's not a coach Mm. should never say no rep. You're a coach, not a judge. Judges say no rep coaches help bring people through one of the tenets of functional movements, which is full range of motion. If you are not working through a full range of motion, you are not doing functional movements. This is like people that do shoulder presses in the gym. You see mm-hmm. these bodybuilders that are going basically from like their ears to their forehead. Like <laughs> you're doing presses, right? I get it. It's not functional. Yep. It's like you're going to build up muscles. You will because you're spending a lot of time in that mid-range time under tension equals hypertrophy. But for functional movements, movements that are going to translate outside of the gym for measurable, observable, repeatable data that we're going to put a stopwatch to, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense whatsoever. Why do we not do pull-ups that you're just kind of like, forget about getting your chin over the bar. Just kind of like go in the middle range. Don't <laughs> yep. lock out. Don't get your chin over the bar. For certain movements, people get it. Pull-ups is one of them. Wall balls, the top target is one of them. The bottom target's not because it's a squat. We Mm -hmm. have to bring this attention to ranges of motion to all of the movements. And it's not you no repping them. It's you coaching them through functional ranges of motion. Now, if they can't do it, you have to lighten the load. As a coach, you lighten the load for them and talk to them about what's happening. It's not I'm a bully. It's not you're not good enough. It's not – Placating to the ego, it's yep. being a coach and saying, "Listen, we're doing these overhead squats. Um, you're getting down, you know, four or five inches, which is awesome. I just like to see if this is a loading thing or if this is a flexibility thing. Why mm-hmm. don't we try and do this with an empty barbell? Mm-hmm. And they do it with an empty barbell, and they get all the way down, all the way back up. Go, aha." awesome, dude, you have the flexibility to do this. What we need to do is just like, we need to create uh, uh, the right loading that you can hit this. Yep. Get to the bottom. Perfect. Love it. That's amazing. Stand up all the way. Perfect. Love it. Every rep is going to look like that. And we'll find the right loading that allows that to happen. What do you think the source of the lack of standards is? Is it an, a misunderstanding or just not an understanding at all of the um, kind of what you're talking about, the observable, repeatable end of it? Is it, I don't want to be the guy who's, I don't want to be the coach who's like always telling people that they're doing it wrong. You know, like you kind of just mentioned, like, I don't want to be a bully. I just, everybody's here. They just want to have fun. Like, just let them do yeah. it. Like, do you have a sense of what the source of that lack of standards might be? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a lot of different factors. One is like uh, the confidence of the coach. Yep. One is the ability of the coach to actually see movement. The next is the knowledge piece behind it and why it's important. The next is the way you deliver it. If you don't talk about standards beforehand, it's not, hey guys, these are the standards. This is what it's, um, if you don't talk about that beforehand, it's gonna be really hard during the workout to go up and talk to that athlete about yep. it. Yep. Really, really, really hard. Um, Instead, what we do is like, we're doing pushups. We start with like, all right, guys, we're gonna push up. say, here's the non-negotiables. We're gonna get our nipples to hit the ground. Everyone, nipples to the ground. Everyone lay on the ground, nipples on the ground. Let's check it out, look at it. Mark, that's your belly, that's your ribs. Let's get your nipples. Nope, that's still your belly, your chest. There it is, Mark, awesome. Okay, nipples, chest, okay, awesome, got it. Ha, 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 Ben said nipples, like, great, okay. <laughs> Now let's get to the top. Let's elbows completely locked out. Your butt is um, in line with your shoulders uh, and your heels. Beautiful, looks good for everybody, great. 
That's the non-negotiables. We're gonna do those two things. Now, what we'd like to see as well is not that snake thing. Let's talk about that. Now, here are the total negotiables. You can do it on your knees. You can do your hands on a bench. You can do your hands on a box. You can do your hands against the wall. Any of those things are allowed. The thing that we need to see is chest hitting and elbows locked out. Yep. And if you do that, every single time you do push-ups, eventually you don't have to do it anymore mm-hmm. because it becomes the standard that everyone understands. Got it. And Which then when they're not doing it in the workout, you actually, you don't do it across the room. You don't go, Mary, get deeper. That's not what you're going to do. This yep. is a time where you actually walk over and as they're doing it, you get down on your, they're doing pushups. You get down on your knees next to them and you whisper nipples touch, get your nipples to touch all the mm-hmm. way down. No, no, it's not quite there yet. Nipples touch all the way down. Yes, that's it. Yes, that's it. Oh, okay. You know what? That's, I'd rather see that. Let's go to our knees for these next five. Just yep. do it on your knees. We're not going to every single rep, your nipples touch. How many times did I just say nipples? That's got to be a think record. Like That's 40. like a podcast record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nipples. There nipples. it is. Bruce Rogue's record. That's the title of this episode is nipples. <laughs> uh, next one is a bad three, two, one go. Okay. So this is like, maybe this is, this is maybe like Ben being like over the top <laughs> about like delivery and, um, presence and attitude, but you see a lot of it and it matters. This, like, you can't say this doesn't matter. We see a lot of coaches go is like, um, they'll be talking to somebody on the side. Then all of a sudden they go and grab the clock. Um, they haven't talked to the class in a few minutes. And then all of a sudden you hear them out of nowhere, go three, two, one, go. It's like, Whoa, Oh, okay. Crap. Okay. Okay. Or there's some sort of variation of that. Yep. What you want to do, this matters in the class. What we want our coaches to do is actually systemize that so you create an expectation. When realities meet expectations, that is the definition of happiness. Yep. Literally, that's the happiness equation. So what you can do is you're going to create really happy people by being really consistent, by systemizing the three, two, one, go. Mm-hmm. What happens is, let's say you're starting to work out with a barbell. We're going to do the Bergeron beep test. Um, Instead of you going, uh, which is an on the minute type thing, every time it's a minute, you go, go, like, oh, oh, crap, okay, like, I wasn't, instead, you actually systemize it. So for the first one, what we do is we say the name of the workout, we say the format of the workout, and you say the first movement. Mm -hmm. And then you say, athlete set, three, two, one, go. Now, it sounds really weird, but it flows, and then what happens is, I know as an athlete, it, I can step away from the bar and grab chalk if I want to, because I know when the athlete, when the coach starts saying this, I have somewhere between seven to 12 seconds to kind of get ready. As opposed yep. to like me always standing to the bar because the most I might get is three seconds. Yep. And what happens in most cases is one second, zero seconds, and I have to be always on. So what we'd like to see is something like, all right, guys, today we are doing Fran, the CrossFit benchmark, 2159 of thrusters and pull-ups, starting with those thrusters. Athlete set, three, two, one, go. That's what we want to do. Okay, guys, mm-hmm. today we are doing black and blue, five rounds for time of 10 power cleans and 10 burpees. Starts with those power cleans. Athlete set. Three, two, one, and so on. When you create that level of consistency across classes and that level of um, confidence in the, the people, man, all of a sudden people, it also alleviates the, wait, what are we doing? Wait, mm-hmm. I was on the road. Wait, okay. Like 
people kind of get it. It also it also builds anticipation. It kind of makes it feel like you know the start of a four hundred meter race, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Athlete set. Yeah, course um, clear, oh. racer ready. Yes. Um, so the next one is kind of the flip side of that, which is the end of the workout and clock management. Mm. Yeah. So at the end of the workout, what happens a lot of times? Let's say we're doing we did an AMRAP twenty in the gym in the gym today. Imagine um, at the end of the workout, um, you're doing it, and all of a sudden you see um, the person to the left of you stop. And the person in front of you stop. And then, oh, then you look at the clock and you're like, and it says um, 2006. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess the workout stopped. Mm-hmm. That happens in gyms more than you can, more than you can imagine. And <laughs> yep. it's, it baffles my mind. As opposed to the easiest way to create excitement in a class is to give the countdown. Yep. And I learned this by being an MC at certain events. Yep. Instead of even like, bring your attention to lane number four. In the lead is Julie Fouché walking lunge towards the fit. That doesn't bring the same level of excitement as literally as going 30 seconds left, 20 seconds to go, yep. 10 seconds, five, four, three, two, one, time. And when you hit time, music goes off. Boom, no more music. And all you hear is this like, oh, God. yeah, oh, whoo. Like, as opposed to what the early one, which is like, oh, I guess it was done. It's yeah. over? Oh, yeah. Okay, done. We had, yep. Heather, stop. It's over. Heather, Heather, <laughs> it's done. Like, yep. such a pet peeve, man. <laughs> All right. The next one is uh, not moving together or micromanaging moving together. All right. So maybe this goes back into like the warm up thing, particularly yeah. but yep. when we're doing like, let's say we're doing, um, we're coaching power cleans. What we're doing is think of like um, visualize behind like the Great Wall of China. You have like a thousand um, people going through martial arts practices, moving all together. Like yep. you see arrow shots. It looks like a well choreographed dance. When people move together, they move better. Mm. A rising tide lifts all ships. What we want to do is if we're doing a warm up for a power clean, instead of going like, all right, guys, give me five power cleans, go. Okay, guys, give me 10 seconds from the hang. Okay, let's do some um, elbow rotations. There's the appropriate time to micromanage it, and there's the appropriate time to get them to move together, and there's appropriate time to let them go. Mm -hmm. When we're doing our skill work, we're doing three position cleans. It's okay, guys, everyone together, barbells up, hook grip on, meet at the pockets. First, hang power clean, go, reset, and go. Reset and go. Great, guys. From there, position two above the knees. Set, go. Reset and go. And we're all moving together. We're all at the hang together. We're all at the receiving position together. We're all resetting together. It would be overkill to go, though. Okay, guys. Let's do um, um, active Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. Right foot up, drop your <laughs> elbow, reach your hand to the sky, hand back down, right foot back. That's like, that's just overkill at that point. Yep. So knowing where to put in the micromanaging, where people should be moving together and where it's overkill um, helps out so much. And when it's done the wrong way, man, you're just butchering the class. Yeah. And the worst is when they micromanage 
and he had people to move together where they're not supposed to be like dowel passovers. Like who cares, <laughs> dude, let's just move the thing back and forth. Let me go at my speed. Yeah. But then they let people kind of go awry when we're doing snatch balances or something that should be very technical. We should be moving together. Got it. Next one is back to athletes. Uh, eye contact. So this no is kind of like pres- yeah, presentation 101 type stuff, but yep. um, a lot of people set up their classes or they don't set up their classes at all. Mm. Uh, so people are all over the place. There's no rows. There's no um, – so first off, I know in your level one, they did a circle. Yep. Uh, that's not the way to coach your class because mm. if you have a circle, you – a third of the group will not be able to make eye contact with you. No matter where you stand, no matter where you are, even if you're outside the circle, a third of the group cannot make eye contact, cannot see you. Circles are not the right way to coach classes. Mm -hmm. The best way to coach classes is two lines um, going away from you. So like uh, parallel lines where the the athletes are, um, how do I say that? Kind of like- um, Two single file lines. Yeah. Two single file lines. Thank yep. you. Yes. Yep. Not shoulder to shoulder, um, stacked behind people Yep. And you're in, fr- in the front between those two lines. That is the best way you can make eye contact and see everyone together. That's where you want to go. Now, what you don't want to do once you've done that is start walking down the lines. I mm. get it. You want to go and talk to that person. I get it. You want to do that. But once you do that, you are now have your back to those athletes and they can't maybe hear you. And they certainly know that you're not paying attention to them. If you mm-hmm. stay in the front, and you throw out the cues from the front. That's where you, you go name, um, body part, movement. Jim, knees out. Sally, arms straight. Bill, elbows up. Like that's how you coach that way. Now everyone starts moving better because you're saying the name, body part. And what you don't want to do is walk to Bill and go, Bill, get your knees out. Now you've ignored the other 19 people in the class. Mm-hmm. Some of that is it goes right to the eye contact. You want to be going micro and macro, micro and macro, meaning speaking to the whole group as a whole, eyes kind of floating around, and then you lock in on somebody for three to four seconds and deliver half a sentence to a full sentence. And they come back to the whole group and then lock in on somebody else and deliver another um, half a sentence to a full sentence to somebody else. And similar when you're coaching. All right, guys, let's go down to the bottom. Pause, hold the bottom, drive your elbows, use your elbows to drive your knees out. Very nice. Bill, get back on your heels. Love it. Yes, Bill, exactly right. Cool. Keep driving those elbows up. Sally, let's get your chest up a little bit. Good. Even more. Love it. Good. From there, everyone, and stand. Good. That's rep one. We're doing five. Let's go down again. Together, bottom of squat and hold. So you're going micro and macro back and forth. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do it that way and you either speak to – just the big group, or you go and just talk to Bill or Sally, mm-hmm. man, that sucks. That's a shitty experience. Ooh, I swore on the podcast. Whoa, this is a soapbox. Yes, right? Man. <laughs> um, I, don't remember, I don't remember ever saying a swear I think word. Maybe once or twice, but it's it's very rare. It's like it's like we, we had talked in a previous episode yeah. about the 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 energy drinks that you've that you've had, right? You can count them. There's seven. <laughs> I yes. think that we're we're in the same ballpark with uh with with swears on the podcast. Swears count count on count on both hands. Yep. Okay, Got it. that's the soapbox piece of back to athletes eye contact. Got it. Uh, next one is filler words. So filler words is kind of like public speaking 101. It's when you have a filler word, and I, um, I'm going to try and put one in, but um, you know. Filler words, like people have filler words, you know, like, um, like when they're saying things, you know, like, um, <laughs> and it just, they, they fill in the same thing over again. And once you had mm-hmm. hit John do it, it's hard to let go of it. 
uh, in a coaching environment where you're supposed to be giving a presentation, it's supposed to be clean, it's supposed to be crisp, human for sure, but it's still a prof- professional presentation. Allow yourself instead where you're supposed to put in a filler word, a pause. Yeah. And man, it just cleans the whole thing up. So instead of, you know, saying um, things and putting in, you know, filler words, you know, you say what you want to say with intention. Mm-hmm. And it just changes the game. Mm-hmm. Now, I yeah, would do um, that on this podcast, but it would take every single episode, it would take so much longer. <laughs> so I can continue to rant at a, at, at a, at a, a much higher clip. Do you um, or have you ever, uh, maybe yourself or certainly one of the coaches at, at the gym, have you ever um, recognized that you had a coach who had a lot of filler words and then actually tried to attack that head on? Or is it something oh, yeah. you just kind of oh, called sure. attention to and, and let's try to get better at this? Well, to me, that is attacking you head on. Okay. Hey, Patrick, your filler word is, you know, Got it. Uh, your filler word is, um, your filler word is cool. You've put it cool after everything. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do thrusters? Cool. Okay. So, we, or a lot of people put K beforehand or, or like, and, and when that happens with our coaches, we call it out right. Usually on day one, we'll Got say, it. here's your fuller word. Uh, we're going to try our best to reduce it. We don't need to eliminate it tomorrow, but we're going to reduce it over time. Got it. So that self, that self-awareness and so, is, and it gets chunky. It gets yeah. hard. Yeah. Once you become aware of your filler word, you get hung up and it makes you pause and say things a little bit more deliberately. Yeah. Now, some people can do that very well. Other people, it gets uh, um, strange and they have to think before they talk. Mm-hmm. It becomes awkward. <laughs> All right, the last awkward. one of the last one we've got here of the the top ten CrossFit coaching pet peeves is monotone. So monotone goes with the presence and attitude as well. But here's the deal. We are there as coaches to educate, yes, but also entertain and inspire. Mm -hmm. And if you're monotone and or you're not a big presence or you're not engaging, if you're not captivating, you're just, okay, so then we're going to do 21 thrusters. After the 21 thrusters, we'll do 21 pull-ups. After that, we'll do... 15 thrusters and 15 pull-ups. <laughs> then we'll do nine of each. That's Fran. We'd like for you to be able to do the 21s unbroken, and we'd like for you to be able to take one break on the 15s. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah. I can just, that's, you know, we, we ask our coaches to be big, but to not change their personalities. Mm. Some people um, are funny and want to lean into that. Some people are um, serious and they can lean into that. I'm more on the serious side. We've had a coach like Jeff Leard was more on the serious side. Mel Lockerbie and my wife, Heather, are more on the fun side. We've had other coaches that are on the funny side. So, you know, Dan DeLumba is on the funny side. Lean into what you want, but you got to bring something, bring it whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking about Fran, I'm not going to be cracking go- jokes and I'm not going to be the fun part of it. I'm going to, I'm going to bring the heat Yep. and, you know, and make sure that this is something that they can't get in their garage. Yep. Yep. Love that. All right. Um, I think the one question I have 
maybe to, to sum up this conversation is these are for the most part, these are, I would call them like, I would call them probably tactics, right? Coaching tactics, things that tomorrow, if you walked into the gym, you could, you could start to at least yeah. tackle some of these things. And I always, when I, when I see tactics, I always try to at least think also about what are the principles that underlie these tactics? In other words, if I understand the principles, I'll get why these tactics make sense. So I wonder, because I know it, principles are something that you think a lot about and that you operate certainly the gym through quite a bit. If you had to narrow it down to maybe one or two principles here that you could say, like, if you understand these principles, the tactics are going to be easy because there's not a question as to why we do yes. it this way, this way, or this way. Yes. Coaching is made up of four or five different components, underlying pillars or principles. If you understand these, these things are all related inside of that. Mm -hmm. The first one is where we just let off with, which is your presence and attitude. Yep. It's, you gotta, you're, you're on stage. The next is your ability to see and correct. The next is your ability to manage groups. Mm -hmm. The next is your ability to teach. So think like, over-teaching, under-teaching, micro, and all that stuff that we talked about. The last one is ability to build relationships. So then we have like, um, you know, turning your back to people or stuff like yep. that. Yep. And if you overlay that with you are here to educate, entertain, and inspire. When you bring those two things on top of each other, those two lenses together, and mm -hmm. you bring everything through the prism of that, those two filters, all those things that we just walked through come out of the wash. Every tactic will come out of that. There's mm -hmm. nothing on that list that isn't related somehow to one of those two um, aspects. Got it. Love it. Um, this conversation has made me miss being at CFNE. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it has been a number of months for obvious reasons. And um, for those folks who have uh, had the fortune of being there and, and taking a class there, it is, uh, I don't, certainly don't have to tell you this, but it is a special, different, elevated experience. Um, and so it's, it's fun to hear some of the rationale or, or some of the intention behind all the things that, that you do see there. So that, that's cool. You know, it, but it doesn't need to be a unique experience, unique to CFNE. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure there's no, yeah. a lot of great affiliates out there yep. that are doing this really, really well. Um, but it doesn't need to be as rare as it is. Agreed. And these simple pet peeve type things can be fixed. To, as you said, they're just tactics. Like become aware as the head coach or the gym owner or a coach yourself, set yourself a standard higher than where it is and just start to work yourself towards that. Once you've got that, raise the bar again. Love that. All right, my friend, thank you. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to everybody who's left reviews and ratings and who sends us questions. And we will be back next week with another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.